Amen, and good morning to all of you. If you are here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Yao, the senior pastor, and I welcome all of you. It's great to see all of you here on site, and for those of you who are joining us online. I want to say, you know, we are in our third week of our current sermon series that is titled All In, Managing God's Provisions. Pastor Gill started out the series with one of the hardest um, parables in the, in the Bible, talked about the shrewd manager. He actually mentioned that, that he put me in front of a bus, you know, and he took me out because he says that I gave him that passage. Well, I did, so thank you so much for doing everything you could. And so <laughs> but I did have a great time with those individuals who wanted to know more about our church. I spent that day uh, around 9 o'clock um, during that service to be with them, and it was a great conversation. Uh, last week, we, Pastor Rob brought the message regarding our eagerness to give. When we give, you know, if we follow the example of God as he gave Christ, it was also a great example that we have in God that it also provides for us in our eagerness to give unto others. And so today, I want to continue on with that series, uh, well, not the series, but the message in itself of the Apostle Paul talking to the church of Corinth. Now, this week's uh, scripture, he's writing to the church, as I mentioned, of Corinth, and in this specific part of the letter, he is encouraging the believers uh, in Corinth to give to a fund that will be used to help the Jewish believers in Jerusalem. Now, that passage is from the first uh, verses 1 through 5 of chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians. Now, Corinth, as Pastor Rob alluded to uh, last week, was the largest and one of the most prosperous cities in ancient Greece. Paul realized its money might significantly improve the lives of much poorer believers in Jerusalem. As a man devoted to uniting all peoples in the young church, Paul also certainly recognized how it would be helpful for the church in general if the Gentile congregations helped and supported the Jewish congregations. To make uh, his point, he began with an agricultural analogy that everyone in that age could understand. And truth be told, I believe that that analogy he used is also something that we understand today, a farmer. Let's go ahead and read in today's um, passage of the Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 11. Now, I'll be reading the, the, uh, those five verses. I'm reading it from the NLT, the New Living Translation. So if you have your own device or your own Bible, which different translation, I just pray you follow along, but the words will be up on the screen as well. Again, conti uh, continue with, uh, actually starting with verse 6. Verse 6 says this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, 
you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Let us pause for a word of prayer before I continue. God, in this very moment, when we pause, I just want to say thank you for all that, all the bounty, all the, the, the provisions you have given us. And God, as we are here today, let, it, let the words um, be a reminder to our hearts, but also maybe new to those who are listening for the first time. Continue to lead us and guide us by your precious Holy Spirit. And uh, Lord, our ears and our minds are attentive to your word today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is worth noting that these lessons are directed to us as individuals. In this passage, it talks about a farmer. So God is speaking to each of us because in a way, even though that may not be uh, our livelihood as being a farmer, but the way that they do in their lifestyle, you know, their lifestyle how we're able to do that in our spiritual lives. Let's start off right away with a few pointers from the scripture that we just read. The first one is, if you plant a little, you harvest a little. In our agriculture today, the farmers are doing everything they can to plant as much seed as possible. Now, their tractors and their planters have a GPS system. That's right, an you know, agricultural ground positioning system. That allows for the farmer to go and bring up their tractor and their planter and the GPS system is placed on their, on, their, on their equipment and then it pans out what their land is and then the, here goes the GPS and pinpoints everything they need. And I heard this week that there, there was a, a farmer that sets it all up, hits enter, sits back and allows for the tractor to do its thing. Man, modern uh, farming technology has certainly come a long way. Think about the next point is if you're generous with your seed God is generous with the harvest a Farmer completely understands the importance of planting generously They know that they cannot hold back and so therefore they plant generously This is the reason the farmers use as I mentioned the GPS system because it helps them to plant each field to its greatest potential in verse 7 of that passage that I read, it is clear that it is our decision. It says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So quickly enough, you have a few pointers there. It says, don't plant reluctantly. Don't give reluctantly. But also when you give, you give uh, cheerfully. Not in response to pressure. The impulse to give must come from within your own heart. It is a choice of how much and how often to give. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not speaking only about financial resources that you know how to give, uh, but also your time. Knowing what you're doing with your time, is it being productive? And usually when I, I talk to individuals, I usually say have a blessed day. And sometimes I also say have a productive day or have a productive meeting. Because I don't know about you, have you ever been in meetings that it seems like, what was that all about? <laughs> oh, so you do know. Okay, all right, cool. 
But when you come out of a meeting and you feel energized, you're like, okay, we hit all these points and now we're on, we're ready to go, let's go to the, you know, to the next meeting. <laughs> but yeah, that's what happens. You know, when we give, when we don't do it out of pressure, that we don't, we don't want to give reluctantly, but we give cheerfully. In verse 9, it says that the scriptures say they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. So another point is that generosity must be intentional and sincere. See, people's generosity to respond to the need, and for example, I'm going to speak to this church in particular, of the recent capital improvement fund that we needed, like air conditioning systems and a few other projects to care for our facilities and our grounds. But the people's generosity to respond to that need uh, to pay for several projects we cared for this aging facility. And then uh, we hear uh, uh, being blessed about the recent donations that came to our church totaling $200,000. You see, this is be uh, above and beyond what we normally give. We already, as a, gener uh, a generous church, we give up our tithes and our offerings on a weekly, bi-weekly, a monthly basis, semi, whatever, however you give and how much you give, that's up to you and, and between you and God. But what happens is when we are faithful, when we are knowing the very best that we can to do what we can for God, God, even in the midst when it seems like things are getting hard, when in the midst of thinking, I don't know if we should do this, I don't know if we should do that, and here God responds by saying, I still got you. Amen. Amen. Sometimes in our lives it's like that, God, I, can't, I don't know if I could do this anymore. And then he sends someone to, be, to send a, a postcard or a phone call to share some words of encouragement. And if it's not to share some words of encouragement, to say, hey, talk to me. Let me listen. And sometimes we take those small blessings that are in our lives and we take them for granted or we don't pay attention to the, here's God sending you something small, but you're expecting something big. But man, I don't know about you, sometimes those small things can be big in our lives. You see, when we give, our generosity is supposed to be intentional and also sincere. It's one of the reasons why, I think we're going into our 11th year, our treasurer or other people may correct me on this. We're going to an 11th year of giving 100% of our Christmas offering to outreach and missions, whether it's to programs, whether it's to building things, but it's beyond our church. And sometimes when people who come into our church are saying, Pastor, can't you use that money for the church itself of what we want to do here? And the answer is absolutely. However, we have to be careful when we do that, that we're only focusing on ourselves and not looking at the fields that God has uh, around us or globally. As we go and provide missionaries and, and, and support missionaries or programs or ministries that in their locations that we cannot be a part of, but we join alongside of them and we partner with them. And not only are we giving also, but we're also in our giving, we're also influencing. Now, this week, I heard that at least two uh, churches in our area also started to do the same thing of giving 100% of their offering to other programs and ministries. Praise God. Amen. Amen. 
Why? Because we have to understand that we are trusting in God, that we have faith in God, that he's going to provide. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, as a church, we are able to give what we can, but it's out of the heart, not reluctantly and not out of pressure. It's to be able to say, God, here, here's my tithe, here's my offering, and God, it's my faith offering. And that, God, I'm not asking for anything in return, but I also know that you're going to keep your word. Your word says to test you, and so, and not, not just to test you, God, but here, in a, in, a, in a response of appreciation. So generosity must be intentional and sincere. When you share freely and generously, you will be remembered forever. Be like, yeah, right, Pastor. There are many times that people forget about other people's generosity. And you know what? You're right. This, it's so easy to, be get, to get accustomed to what we have. It's so easy to forget the sacrifice that other people have done before us to have what we have today. The early church in the book of Acts, what did they do? They sold things together. They, they had meals together. Some people sold their properties so that way they can make sure that they shared a meal together and, and, and also continue building in their spiritual lives because of what Christ has done for them. We forget sometimes, you know, the, the hard uh, you know, the decisions that were done before or the people who have gone before us to give all they can. Say if some people uh, uh, took a second mortgage, you know, to, have the, uh, to provide for the facilities that we have today to, to give into it. We forget sometimes. But when we give intentionally, when we give with sincereness, how much it can be uh, done for the people and also for them to give honor and glory to God. But we, when we give that freely and generously, they will remember. And some people may be like, yeah, it's, some people do forget. But it's not, I'm not talking about the people. When I say that, I'm referring to God, that God will not forget. When we give, the Lord remembers our generosity. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 10, it says, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. You see, ladies and gentlemen, our generosity points people to God. It is a testimony to those in our community, again, of what we do. But also, what has been other churches done that we have said, you know what, we, we can certainly do this as well. We work together. Another point I want to share with you is that God is our provider and our source of all material things. In verse 8 of that passage, it says, and God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. God will generously provide all you need, those words say. But two words out of that sentence are critical here, is all. All means not just material things, but the spiritual and emotional. All you need. And the second word is just as important, is need not want. Amen. I hope we all know that there is a difference between need and want. All oh, the things I want. I'm sure you fall in the same boat. 
If I, if I had to have a moment to say, hey, what is it that you want? I'm sure everybody will have to share something. And it may not be the same, but it's what you want. But really what God is asking, you know, what we all need. I'm going to invite you to open up to the book of uh, Philippians chapter 4. Chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Again, the difference between want and need. Beginning on verse 11, it says, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is in a full stomach or empty, with plenty or more. Or plenty or little, excuse me. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Because God is our provider of our bounty, the proper and fundamental response is to show our thankfulness by sharing our resources with others. When we do that to those who need them, verse 11 reads that they will thank God. You know, there are several passages in the Bible that talks about how people respond out of the provisions that God gives them, the blessings that God gives them. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 15 is a good example. It says, as God, and as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Sometimes we just read the passages and don't really pay attention to the word that's happening there. Who's the one that's receiving more and more glory? The one that is giving? Is it us that's giving? No, if anybody is saying, oh, you're so great, you've done this, you've given that, is making sure that we turn that around and says, oh, no, well, I do that, but it is by the grace of God. It is for his glory and not our own. This is how our giving and planting of seeds can produce a bountiful harvest for God. Something to consider here for this sermon that came to mind this past week. Look at what God the Father did with Jesus. He saw the field, the world, and he saw how much help it needed. And what did he do? He planted a seed in Mary's womb, the seed being Jesus. The seed harvested other seeds. We know that Jesus died, but he rose again. And he planted seeds of hope, of love, and mercy, and, and promise, and the list can go on and on. The planting of seeds continues today as we give cheerfully for the good news of Jesus Christ to be shared with others. That they may grow and spread it to others. So what do we as a church want to be known for in our community? I personally, I know there's, there, again, that's something else that you can respond. Oh, I want it to be known as this or this or that. I want our church to be known as, to be as a training church. We have great resources here. Talking about life groups, kidmen, our student ministries, our lay pastor Stephen Ministers program, our women's ministry, creative moments, worship, our tech arts, and that's just a few. We have great resources. It'd be awesome to see other churches to come here and hear how we're doing things, not that they have to do the same way, but give them an opportunity to say, hey, 
we're receiving something. Provide them with that resource. We all need to be all in by planting our seeds and watching what God does with it. You see, the farmer, when he plants, he does his part. But he's, the way, the, how, how, how big the things grow and things, that's really up to God. So that means that we have to do our part, ladies and gentlemen, that we have to be all in. I know I have seeds that I can plant. I know my staff has seeds they can plant. But you also have seeds that you can plant. And oh boy, when you put all those, plant, all those seeds in, in that area and watch God grow on it, we should be excited when things are taking place. Not for ourselves, not because of our church at New Hanover, but because people are giving honor and glory to God. Amen. Amen. You know, for next year, I know we've been dealing with, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, t I'm tired. And I'm sorry if, if I don't want to be more politically correct or incorrect, whatever the thing is, but I'm tired of talking about COVID. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not saying that it's not real. I, I, hey, I, I know. I know that it's real. But what I'm saying is I'm tired of talking about COVID as it's the, what's holding the church to break through to break through in our communities and to show the world that God lives and that he's still alive because of what he's doing in us because we're all in this together. So instead of blaming COVID, oh, COVID, we can't do this because of COVID or this and that, you know what? That means, in a sense, I've heard it before, like, is COVID then your mountain? That you tell the mountain or, or tell God uh, about how big the mountain is? Or are we telling that mountain, you may be big, but I know someone who's bigger. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Yesterday I had the privilege of being on, since the top of a mountain, it was like a ski resort type of thing, to have a celebration in, in a union of a couple. And as I stood there and I look, oh, the splendor. I had nothing to do with the changing of colors of these leaves. I had nothing to do with this location. Oh, God, here I am. Thank you for allowing me to experience this. But then I also know, ladies and gentlemen, that I had to go back down to the mountain, go into the valleys. But sometimes that's what we need. We need that, those mountaintop experiences so that when we go down into our valleys, saying, okay, I'm ready. I can only do so much. My staff can only do so much. You can only do so much. That $200,000 that came in can only do so much. But man, I'm so excited for next year. You know, as we plan for our next year's uh, programs and ministries, I want our outreach program to kick back up again and to let the community know and get them excited that we are a part of it. Next week, I'll be wrapping up this series and invite you to join us. And for those of you who are watching online, invite your friends and family to join in. And church, as you receive your commitment cards this week by the mail, or I ask that you prayerfully consider what you will give and how often. Don't give in to pressure or give, you know, reluctantly. 
but be the cheerful giver that God loves. And you will see that what you give will be multiplied because the person next to you will be giving. And the person next to them will be giving. And for those who are watching online that can't come on site and they provide a giving. Man, I get so excited just knowing what God can do by the faithfulness of the people. Let us do our part and watch God do this. Let us pray. Loving and gracious, most holy God, we are thankful. Thankful for all that you've blessed us even to this day. Yes, even the times when we have gone through difficulties. Because in those moments of difficulty, we can rely on you when we realize that everything that we can try to do and it fails, most of the time we feel like we are in the pit. We are in the darkness. We are isolated. We are on our knees. In the midst of surrender, what a great position to be in, Lord, to look towards you and say, God, I can't do this without you. Help me to help others. Help me to share and be, uh, have the strength and the courage to share what Christ has done for us. God, I pray for that young man who came forward while, they, while the worship team was uh, leading us with Jaira. I pray for him, God, and whatever he's going through, that you can break the chains of bondage in his life. That how we as a church can come alongside of him. Because I know, God, that whatever journey he's in, it may be very difficult for him. He would think that, it's, that there's no way out. But God, how you can utilize us, yes, as imperfect people. Be whole because of what Christ has done for us and the Holy Spirit uniting us. We are many parts, but we form that one body through the Holy Spirit and having Christ as the head of that body, God. Help us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless all of you ladies and gentlemen at this time. I'm going to have uh, the praise band is coming up here uh, to lead us in a song. And may God's peace, may his love and the guidance of the precious Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you. And as we go through these series, be like, God, here I am. What can I give? I'll see you next week. May God bless all of you.